I love to read. Me too. I'm Pete Hulterman, the host of Credentials Only, a podcast where we profile people who work in sports. It's because of my love of reading that I ask each guest for a couple books they would recommend others read. Oh, Pete. The books question is a tough one. As a new mom, I have no time for reading outside of the digital reading that I do between emails and newsletters and things like that. You know, I probably don't read as much as I should purely because I'm, I'm camped here and have young children. Okay, I'll be honest. I can't remember the last time I finished a book. Well, I'm going to put that down to a couple of things. One is obviously we've, we've had a, a child recently, but the other is I spend so much time reading for work. This is very relatable. There is so much going on in our lives and there's more content to consume than ever. Books though, there's something special about reading one, but you don't have to take my word for it. Because I'm not a great reader, but I was almost, I was completely dragged into them. It's almost like opening the book, like Joey Tribbiani when he was visiting London and he tried to step inside the map. It's kind of like that. That is the magic of books. And it can be contagious. Our guests have mentioned more than 60 titles already. Yeah, I need a good book at the moment. I think um, I need some good recommendations. So I'll be hitting you up soon. We're here to help. And with the holiday season upon us, it feels like the perfect time to compile all the suggestions into one place. Welcome to a special episode where we share the Credentials Only Reading List, a compilation of all the book recommendations we've gotten so far, complete with our guests explaining their choice. You're about to hear many book names and hear a lot of voices, so I recommend checking out CredentialsOnly.com where we list each title and who is making the recommendation in our show notes. It's a perfect second screen to compliment your listening. Now, hopefully Oprah won't feel like I'm encroaching on her turf here. Without further ado, please enjoy the Credentials Only Reading List. And going back over all the episodes, there was one author mentioned more than any other, so I think it makes perfect sense to start with him. You know, anything by John Gordon, I'm a big... I love his stuff. John Gordon, he does a phenomenal job with his books, uh, whether it's leadership, whether it's uh, personal inspiration. A, he's a great guy, but B, he is a fabulous thinker in the leadership realm. In anything he writes, um, I'm reading his books constantly. Uh, one I'd recommend, our entire organization uh, just read it. It's a quick read. It's a weekend read, Energy Bus uh, by John Gordon. Uh, is a fantastic read. You don't have to be in sports to appreciate the basic principles of, of what's there. And another John Gordon book, You Win in the Locker Room First, is another good one. Another quick read. Those are good, certainly for sports, competition, you know, what we all we, we believe we are. But I think for anyone in business and anyone in life, I think there's some really good insights. You know, I'm a big John Gordon guy. I mean, I love, you know, I love his books. I love his messaging, his positive, positive messaging. You know, you would start with the energy bus, but I think he's got, I've got all of his training camp and carpenter and, you know, I mean, I, I've got my, my wife bought me the whole set <laughs> for Christmas <laughs> last year because I, I said I'd really like, and I, why I like them is they're easy to read because they're in, you know, kind of in story form. So the messaging is clear and easier to remember and understand. And I think, um, you know, you don't feel like as if you have to commit a week and a half sometimes to it, uh, <laughs> to, to finish it off. 
John Gordon's books fall into what is without question the most popular genre that we've had mentioned. I love reading anything about leadership and motivation. Those, those are my two favorite topics. There's a guy that out of California, Joshua Medcalf, who wrote uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water. That's a great book. I'm getting ready to, to read this one, Raise Your Game by Alan Stein Jr. And I've got another one that is called Every Moment Matters. Those are two that are, these are next reads for me. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed Patrick uh, Lencioni's books. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Death by a Meeting. I mean, there's a whole bunch of those that I have in my collection. Um, and I'm, I'm eager to actually read the book that uh, Kevin Eastman just put out, so I can't really recommend it, but why the best are the best, but I'm looking forward to that because I really like his messaging, his positive messaging as well. I'll give you a couple that I that I really like. One is called Range, and it's by a guy named David Epstein. It's basically how generalists, you know, triumph in a specialized world. And there's this idea of everybody having to be so specialized. Um, and me, a self-proclaimed, you know, ADD kind of kid back in the day, just thinking uh, I'm a jack of all trades and I want to do a million things, it really helped focus uh, that. And as a, as a, a leader uh, of a department with a bunch of people in it, Tim Scott's Radical Candor, another one called Difficult Conversations, um, because, you know, you're, you're faced with that. To our, our women in the profession that I think this book speaks particularly to, it's called Double Down, and uh, it's by uh, Tricia Clarkstone and Antoinette Stone. They're both in the media side of things, amazingly successful entrepreneurs and media moguls. They, they wrote a book called Double Down, I think, Bet on Yourself and Succeed on Your Terms. And it's, uh, it's gotten a lot of press the last year or two. I, I would highly recommend it. One of them is called Halftime. Uh, by Bob Buford. For me, I'm in my uh, latter part of my 40s, so uh, I am definitely past uh, halftime, and I'm definitely in my second half. And this book talked about how, you know, trying to build yourself for success in that second half. In the first half of your life, you're looking for success of, in your career. And in your second half, in a lot of ways, you're looking for significance. So I want to be able to, you know, continue to have great success in what I'm doing, but I also want to make sure that I continue to be significant in the things that I help, what I do as a person, um, I do as a professional, and I do in the communities that I live, because I think that's important. And then the other one is, uh, is Jack and Susie Welch, uh, Real Life MBA. I felt like I, I have a real life MBA in the world of uh, intercollegiate athletics because the experiences I've had and the places that I've gone is and the things I've been able to be involved with. So that book is a good reminder to me that, you know, sometimes your credentials that you have, you know, I encourage people, if you feel like you want to have, go get that advanced degree, and whether that's a master's or a doctorate, go after it. And I would tell anybody in undergrad, if you're thinking about it, go get it before you really get yourself engrossed into the workforce. If you don't, you can still educate yourself by all these podcasts by some of these entities that you can find information over social media, reading books, uh, and, and, and putting yourself out there in these networking opportunities. I think you can really get that real-life MBA, and I think that's going to be really important as you grow in, in the profession, in whatever profession, but especially in, in the sports realm. I'm a huge Jim Collins fan, so good to great and built to last. There's one book that I've read now three times. It's called It's Your Ship. Um, and it's a pretty good book regarding leadership. It's a pretty good book in, in the way of um, understanding what you are in control of and what 
you think you're not in control, but really you are. One of my favorite ones is uh, Legacy about the New Zealand uh, rugby team. Highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. The Alchemist, but I loved it, loved it, loved it. Simon Sinek has a book called Leaders Eat Last, Untamed, this summer by Glennon Doyle. And that was, that was really good. The, the message in the book is, I'm a goddamn cheetah. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> so if you've read the book, you know that that's the battle cry. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I, I, I managed to read it during the pandemic. It is absolutely fantastic for empowering women um, to believe in their sense of purpose and to stop listening to other people. Uh, it's really energizing and it gave me lots of great ideas. I'm hoping to decompress a little bit towards the end of this year. And Megan Rapino's book that was just released is on my must read. That book written by Megan Rapino is called One Life. The Starbucks Experience is a pretty, pretty, pretty good read. Inwards by Jung Puebler, who is a sort of mid thirties, mid forties, um, South American based, uh, or, or um, an, an, an American guy with a, with a South, a South American heritage. And his book is um, stunning. It's just all little quotes. Um, so for, for people, um, you know, that wants some motivation or, you know, to, to sort of reflect on their life and what they're doing is quite inspirational. So he has an Instagram account as well, and it pops up from time to time and it talks about relationships and, and life experience and, and, not using your emotions to cloud judgment. So it's quite a, a quite a little, a good grounding book. I, I highly recommend that one. One for me that's kind of had an impact on our life. Uh, I need to do a better job following it, but it's called Tech Wise Family. And it's basically this attitude that technology is great. It's a blessing, but it can really be a curse to your family as well. And it's a small book, it's an easy read, but it gives you a really good process going forward of how to manage technology in your family, do it well, but also make it into a fun thing for the family instead of being feeling like you have handcuffs on. And the other one I'm reading right now is, it's called Proverbs by Ortland. Again, as a follower of Christ, it's a great book to read about Proverbs. But again, if you're not a believer and just want to know the historical background, it's, it's a good read as well. I think that people relate well to Marcus Aurelius's meditations, but I think Epictetus is probably better because it's a little bit more connected. So for my money, uh, I like Lawrence Becker's book, A New Stoicism. He's trying to revive it. I like Tad Brennan's The Stoic Life, which is an academic book about Stoic philosophy. Those are, those are great entranceways into it. I am not really a Stoic. It's just that it has really helped me think about things when I need to think about them. Well, I've re recently read one. I, I kind of flip between fiction and nonfiction books. If I read too many autobiographies, I don't have enough stimulation and creativity and too many, uh, too many novels. And I, I kind of want to get back into the real world. So I, um, a recent book I read was called The Miracle Morning is uh, a very simple book about how you can, in today's crazy world, you can get up early enough, get up before the sun rises and have an hour to yourself of the day that sets you up in an amazing way. And it's all about carving up that hour. It doesn't matter if you've got kids or uh, have a crazy, crazy work situation. We've got to get up early anyway. You get up that hour extra and you spend 20 minutes reading. You spend 20 minutes doing exercise. You spend 20 minutes meditating, whatever it may be, just simple things without your devices there um, to set you up for the day. And it's a really interesting way of explaining 
despite you might think, you know, you're going to be more tired because you've started the day earlier, actually you'll feel so refreshed and at ease with the kind of the world around you that you can tackle anything. Um, and are I'm you trying doing to, that now? Well, I've, I've kind of unofficially incorporated it. I'll do a bit of exercise <laughs> one morning. I might do a little uh, kind of uh, mindfulness another morning. I might read a bit of book. Um, I haven't got to the point yet where I spend the full hour, but it's, uh, it's a good start. It's not very... Uh particularly imaginative but if you're a tennis fan and if you like to play tennis as well and if you sort of like the mental side of it go back and read the inner game of tennis because by timothy galway or the inner game of golf which is also along the same lines it really teaches you it helped me a lot when i was uh, playing tennis as a junior just to sort of understand why you were getting angry and how to how to sort of cut that out and just treat yourself as as a one individual thing trying to play let your body play the game and don't let your mind get too attached or too involved so many great books worth checking out for their lessons and motivation don't forget if any of these titles are grabbing your attention the show notes on credentialsonly.com include the names and the authors this next selection of books does not lack for inspiration as some remarkable lives are chronicled I will tell you the book I'm currently working on and reading and it is on my bedside table and I really enjoyed opening it up and, and reminding myself how nice it is to read a book again is, is Michelle Obama's Becoming. And that is not for any political reason because I can't, I don't have the ability to vote over here anyway because I'm not a citizen. But I, I you know, sorry to give away what might be your next question, but we did <laughs> the House of Cards, which I loved and I know that's a real old school one too. But I'm fascinated to learn more about life in the White House and, and what, what that existence must have been like. And so I've, I'm really only in the first chapter of it, but I'm fascinated to see how that book develops. I definitely loved Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. I just, I, I just felt really good after I read that. And it was just, I think probably the most interesting thing to me about that book, and, and this is nothing to do with politics, but what a woman had to do um, who had an exceptionally su successful career was on a very good trajectory and what you give up when your spouse wants to go through this process and you have a family. And I think that that is what struck me about the book more than anything was kind of the decisions that she made and the choices that she made in order to support her husband and to do what's right for her family. I, I just found that very moving. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Andre Agassi's Open, I found incredible. One of the best sports biographies I've read because it wasn't a classic, I love my sport and this is how I got there. It was, I hate this, I don't want to do it, but I'm forced to do it. And actually, yeah, what, what that journey was. Andre Agassi's biography, Open. One, as somebody who had just gotten into tennis, I had no clue of everything that he had done. Um, and it's, I found it pretty amazing. It's quite a story. Two books that, that have stood out for me is probably um, The Moon's a Balloon, the autobiography by David Niven. It's just really interesting to find out about you know, his life growing up in the sort of 20s and 30s and then going to war and then kind of reliving those massive Hollywood sort of the heydays of the, the 60s and stuff. It's really, really interesting. And I think for me, it's always autobiographies and it's how they're written. If they've got a real good ghostwriter with them, they can just almost paint that picture. So I'd say that was definitely one. I think the other one that does exactly the same is, is probably Sir Alex Ferguson's autobiography, where he kind of explains about growing up in the, in the shipyards of Glasgow and, and how he almost, you know, he got injured at 21 as a footballer and just thought, you know, what am I going to do next? And then ends up, you know, pretty much 
setting history that will never ever be repeated so those two I, I would sort of say to anyone read them but i would say if you can stand the language um read can't hurt me by david goggins but it, it's the language gets a little much um there's a lot of f-bombs in it um <laughs> but you want to talk about a person you know navy seal and just person came from a you know very difficult background who pushed themselves to points that no person typically pushes themselves and sort of what the human body and spirit can endure um i think that that just like i said the language was a, was a little tough um just because it was so repetitive not that i don't drop the f-bomb but when you hear it like every other sentence it gets a little much the phil knight book nike shoe dog uh, is another just kind of unbelievable story, but, and true story. And I think to see what they started with and ha- where they got to and are now is unbelievable. It's not surprising that true stories from the sports world were also frequently mentioned. One of only a handful of books that's been brought up a few times is one that I have not had the chance to read yet. I read a really good one recently, well, actually recently, in the last year, called The Boys in the Boat. Um, and it was about, uh, it's a very famous one out of Seattle, where it's about a team, uh, a group of people training for one of the Olympics or way back. Uh, I should know that. Uh, but I found it really interesting. It's about struggling through adversity and, you know, keeping your eye on the goal. I like to read things around the Olympics. Um, and I just read Boys on the Boat. And it's about, during World War Two, the U.S., uh, men's rowing team that went over and beat the German rowing team against all odds. And it was kids basically from like different schools all around the country. They had put them together and it just, their feelings and how it was, you know, going back to during the Olympics, that sense of nationalistic pride for these kids, kids, they, you know, they were not even out of college yet was unbelievable. Um, and to go and make such an impact on the world stage at a time that was so crucial in everyone's history. Uh, was a pretty unbelievable story. And if you're a baseball fan, we've got you covered. You know what? I had to read the Al Kaline biography uh, earlier this year, you know, once he, he passed. And it, rereading that, I remembered a lot of things covering a true Hall of Fame, not just a Hall of Fame player, but a Hall of Fame gentleman in sports that I learned a lot about. You know, if you can read the Armando Galarraga book for, you know, again, I know it's a Tigers book, but the book that uh, him and Jim Joyce came out with about 10 years ago now, I guess it would have been, was really enlightening because it gives you both sides of a game and a call that changed so many lives. And it reminds you to that the best thing you can do as a journalist is remember what that person that you're talking to is going through and try to put yourself in their shoes before you go about doing an interview and grilling somebody about something. Nobody's Perfect is the title of that book by Armando Galarraga and Jim Joyce. Our foray into history is not limited to sports. I've read a few books over the last 10 years that I have really enjoyed. Several of them have been made into movies, so I'm not so sure we're going to get anybody to read these books any longer. Lone Survivor by Marcus Luttrell was made into a movie. That was a great read. Probably my favorite book that I ever read, though, was called A Civil Action. And that was made into a John Travolta movie. 
the book was way better than the movie. There's another military book that I read and was enthralled with, a book called House to House, about Army infantry guys uh, freeing the city of Fallujah during the Gulf War. Incredible. The one book which I, which I, I mean, it was a history major in college, which was the book by David Rubenstein, uh, American History, The Splendid and the Vile, which is a recent book on Churchill. Uh, Chris Wallace's book on the, uh, this recent book on Hiroshima, I thought was a very good, uh, you know, was, was great. I mean, I love, I'm a big nonfiction reader. I love reading history. And, and uh, you know, those are three that, uh, that's always stood out. The, the Rubenstein book I thought was out, outstanding. Wallace's book is titled Countdown 1945. Among all the answers we've gotten about books, I really like this one. It really resonated because of the reason behind these selections. I love reading books that are based in a country when you're in a country or just before you're going to a country, like to kind of understand like culturally, maybe through fiction, but um, some really powerful ones I read were uh, Memoirs of a Geisha before I went to Japan, um, based in Kyoto. It made the whole experience just totally magical. Um, and then to the sad as well, like when I was in Cambodia, Cambodia, read First They Kill My Father, which is just brutal. And I think if you ever go somewhere like that, that's got, you know, a history to it you have to understand what people have gone through so yeah totally brutal, brutal to you know the tango singer which was set in Buenos Aires um and it's around the streets of San Telmo and you I don't know it brings books bring places to life as well as as people for me while there is a lot of learning that could be done through books we also heard that some turn to reading for a welcome distraction I try to read books as an escape. I have a few favorite authors. Um, Nelson DeMille is one of my favorite authors, but particularly his early books like Charm School, Gold Coast. I mean, he's run, written a lot of books, but I'm a big fan. He's kind of snarky. You always learn something, I would say. Mm-hmm. I definitely read a lot of Vince Flynn, another author that I just, every time a book comes out, I read it because it's just exciting and you get to follow a character. I enjoy mindless entertainment. When I, when I unplug and when I am doing uh, non-work activities, I, I, it, is, it is terrible. Like I'm, I'm in the very girly Hallmark movie. Um, and so I have gotten um, hooked. I, I recently just did all the Crazy Rich Asians trilogy. Highly right. The movie was amazing. The books are awesome. Um, and again, there is absolutely no educational purpose in, in, this, <laughs> in these books. They are just fabulous. I wish I could read more for fun. Um, when I do, it's, it is not anything serious. It's, you know, probably whatever the top thriller is. But one of my favorite books um, that's just on my bookshelf that I have had time to read. I love Consider the Lobster. Uh, David Foster Wallace. It's a collection of his essays, and there are actually a couple of tennis essays in there. I had no idea he was a tennis player until I read that, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is like a personal essay on tennis. Like when, when you know, tennis is tennis is alive. Tennis is getting <laughs> over into my my non tennis life." Um, so, consider the lobster. Love that. Donald Miller, um, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. I love that book. And on my list, I really want to read. Louisa Thomas's new book called Losers, talking about sort of the, the psychology of losing and, and talking to people who have lost and, and what that means. I find that whole aspect fascinating. And so I'd really love, I need to make time to read that book. 
probably for fun, I've been a long time John Grisham. So going back to the firm in the early nineties and, and all the books he's had, I I've never really counted up, but I would guess I'm probably three quarters of the, the books he's put out. And it's just a good fun. I'm more of a ad, action adventure type and love some of the, the angles that he has. I'm a huge John Grisham guy. So everything he writes, I buy like within five minutes of it going on pre-sale. Oh, goodness. I like science fiction, and I've enjoyed reading Anne Leckie's books just because they're very imaginative and a lot of fun. I was thrilled to also get some picks for young readers. Oh, you know, I even got some out for you. I bought this for my daughter. Chase Your Dreams. Dreams. It's awesome. Awesome. I have that. And then we read these. These are our favorite books. Who are the Williams sisters? Uh, These are the best books ever. Who was Jesse Owens? Can you tell my my daughter has my influence? Okay. This what is was the very women's rights movement? Was yes, that one? Yes. Okay. What is D Day? So there's okay. a book. There's a book. They're called Who Was or Who Is or What Was. And I learned like I learned all kinds of things. So she reads. If you, there's chapters and then there's um like a informational thing. So my job is I read these. I read the little square pages. So we kind of learn things together. Yeah. Very cool. I was also reminded of a really old classic when uh, Jessie was born that my godmother gave me and it was, and she gave me the book and an audio version, which she'd made her husband record every single word of is Charlotte's web, which I know is a children's book. She says she reads it every year because it gives her, you know, reminds her of life's lessons. Books that I'm reading right now don't really fit my, my age bracket whatsoever, but, um, (laughs) I'm on like the fourth edition of, of the Harry Potter series. So yeah, I, I don't know if I would recommend that to people. Um, I, because of how old I am, I ripped the cover off. So nobody sees that, you know, there's this grown man reading <laughs> Harry Potter book, but I love them for whatever reason. And again, I've never, I'm, maybe I'm trying to re-experience childhood because I'd never read them before. That sounds like a bad travel book though. It's too big. You don't want that lugging that around. So, 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 so you have to buy the paperback version, right? And then because I, don't want people, like if I'm on an airplane, I don't want people to see what I'm reading. You just tear the cover off and then you kind of cover the binding. So, you know, it looks like they are big, they are big. And then with all the camera gear, so I usually have to hold, it's, yeah, it's a process. Not all the recommendations we've gotten are new releases. In fact, there were even some classics. Check these out. I mean, going back a long way, when I first read Count of Monte Cristo, that was just phenomenal. If you want to have a bit of fun, that's a great book. A really old classic that I'll never forget reading is The Horse Whisperer. I'm a big fan of, uh, there's a, a, it's a classic uh, fiction book, um, well known in the UK, certainly by, by an author called Geoffrey Archer, who is a politician and an author amongst other things. Um, and he wrote a book called uh, Cain and Abel, which is a, yeah, a classic of many of his stories um, are about kind of two characters from different walks of life that eventually meet by, by their own life paths. And it's a really kind of one of those moving stories um, sort of from, you know, from rags to riches type of thing. Uh, and it's a, a book I've read many times and, and continue to love. Since March, I have reread The Great Gatsby for like the sixth straight time, like all time favorite book. Um, I probably first read it in high school, middle school. Last, but most certainly not least, I'd be remiss if I did not give a special plug to the only one of our guests who's actually written their own book. 
there's a great book called Chasing Glory by Joel Lamp on Amazon.com. I think everybody should go out and buy six copies of. Um, and what is that about? That is about a small school named Alabama Tech decides it's going to become a major football power in how uh, they wind their way through a small town uh, group to become a major football uh, power in one kind of take you through one season. And so I'm working on the sequel of that. Hopefully you have heard a title or two that you want to pick up. All these books are listed in the show notes on credentialsonly.com. Also, I'd encourage you to check out credentials only on your favorite social media site, join the conversation, leave a comment about what book you heard here that you want to check out or some of your favorites that you think others should read. I want to give a really big thanks to our editor, Mike Michet, for pulling this episode together. I think this may have been more work than all our previous episodes combined for him. So, Mike, thank you so much. If you have not done so already, please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, while you're at credentialsonly.com, drop us your email so we can slide into your inbox when we have a new episode to share. Credentials Only is a Holter Media production.